Hi there, my name is Pete. This is Social Distancer. And it's a special day in my life because it is my birthday today. September the 11th, yes. And I'm 45 years old. 45. How can I be 45? How is it possible? Well, there is a way. Now, big news today. It is a terrible day here in the UK. We have surpassed 3,500 cases today. 3,500. Last week, last Friday, it was 1,900. So within a week, it's gone up by uh, 80, more than 80%. Yeah. Um, massive amounts of information has come out last couple of hours uh, the R value there's debate about where it is lots of different estimations um, the consensus is that it's above one um, uh, one study says it's between 1 and 1.2 another study says it's 1.7 and so you know well we do we kind of know that it's obviously it's above one and interestingly those that information is based on not like today but you know a couple of weeks ago because it takes a couple of weeks to look at the figures and you know kind of do all the work in order to come up with the r value so the r value is probably higher than 1.7 for instance and so what does that mean well the the uh, report that says it was 1.7 also says that the cases in the UK are doubling every 7.7 days. So every eight days or so, it's doubling. And we can kind of tell that by uh, looking at the fact that, you know, 80% rise in the last seven days of the confirmed cases. Now, the confirmed cases as we we've always known this and we've always said this it's not the whole picture but it's true now more than ever because so many people who are trying to get tests can't get tests we had a whistleblower talk to the um huffington post a couple of days ago saying if if you even you know get to the point where you are sent to a site or if you go to one of these driving sites or dotted around the country they have been told, sorry, we're full. But they're not full, they're empty. And the reason why they're empty is that they are uh, funneling all of their tests that they have to the areas where there's an outbreak. Which I suppose from a kind of like national perspective, it kind of makes sense that you want more, you know, tests in Bolton or whatever than in Exeter. Okay, fair enough, because there's more people in Bolton that have got the fucking thing than Exeter. But the point is that you want to be testing the people that have got symptoms, not just to kind of crack down on the places where you know people have got symptoms, but you want to be like slightly like, you know, kind of fighting the thing as well as just firefighting all the time, you know? And that's where Test and Trace comes in and the absolutely appalling situation that we're in with Test and Trace. So no wonder it is a bad position to be in and none of these numbers, by the way, none of these cases, as we know from Pagel, 
uh, that I spoke about on, on Wednesday. None of these cases has uh, the fact that scores came back uh, some in some places this week, in some places uh, last week, but basically all the scores are back now in Britain. And the impact of that has not come through in the cases yet. It might start to come through, you know, maybe this weekend, next next week, you know, almost definitely. So what will that do to the, um, you know, the kind of seven-day average? What will that do the, to the case numbers? We're already at three and a half thousand a day. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I remember saying, like, you know, when was it? Last Friday? Just a week ago. Well, when's it going to get to 2,000? Well, that was only on Sunday. It got to 2,000 for the first time on Sunday, you know? Now we're at three and a half thousand. So this is, you know, incredibly dangerous situation for everyone. Uh, made worse, made criminally worse by the negligence of this government in essentially every single area. And their next fucking distraction is to talk about this moonshot bullshit. And Anthony Costello has been brilliant at critiquing this, basically saying it is a distraction. It is, you know, a way of, uh, you know, kind of feathering the nests of their friends in Serco and G4, G4, what's it called? G47, G4S, G47, what's that? Is that a kid's show? <laughs> um, G4S, are they called? Yeah, you know, just 100 billion. Oh yeah, fantastic, that sounds good. That'll get their headlines away from something. Again, it's just like, you know, a, a ropey old magic trick by a ropey old magician. Look the other way, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing going up. What, cases going up? No, we don't want you to look at that. Test and trace is a fucking mess. No, no, don't look at that. We've already got Dido Hardy in a beautiful, beautiful new cushy job. Dido, oh, fucking up the first thing she we asked her to do. But never mind, she's a mate and she's, you know, Tory. So beautiful job for her. But don't look at all that. Look at this. Operation Moonshot. Yeah, you're all going to get a test. All of you are going to get a test every week. Okay, it doesn't exist anymore. And okay, the technology behind it is still emerging. And okay, we don't actually know if it will ever work. But don't even think about that because you're going to get a fucking test. Yes, one day. This is what they're promising. They're promising that one day we'll get a test. What the fuck? Like, that's basically what it comes down to, you know? We don't want promises of a test one day. We want tests now. Now, as Lincoln would say, or at least uh, Day-Lewis. Now, now, now. So I had a very entertaining day at work, and then I came home, and waiting for me in the uh, bit where the post is, you know, um, was a an, an object, a box. That's it, what it was. A box. I open it up, and my brother, oh, mate, he he only didn't, didn't done that. He only done and did it. He only done and did it. Guess what he got me for my birthday? He got me the... Uh, this is a bit of a kind of looking back at past episodes episode this, isn't it? What do they call that? 
like a best of thing. Like a best of thing. Uh, because I did the old Lincoln once. Do you remember that one? That was good, wasn't it? Anyway, I did the old Lincoln once, and now I did the old Lincoln again. And then my brother got me the Toby jug of Boris Johnson that the House of Commons sell. <laughs> the Houses of Parliament, I should say. The Houses of Parliament shop sell Toby jug collectibles of every uh, Prime Minister. Well, I don't know how far they go back, but, you know, certainly the modern ones. Probably, I don't know, where would it begin? Thatcher, I guess? I don't know, who knows? But anyway, I know they'd definitely do a Churchill one, wouldn't they? But anyway, he's got me the Toby Jug-looking motherfucker. I've got the Toby Jug-looking motherfucker Toby Jug in my house. I've got it in my house. It is the best present I've ever received, ever. The Toby Jug-looking motherfucker... This was a thing, it's almost as if I've kind of created it, you know? By talking, I created this thing. I mean, I didn't, but it's almost as if I did. You know, come up with this idea that he looks like a bloody Toby Jug looking motherfucker, and then find out, how did I find that out? I can't remember, maybe somebody sent me the link, I'm not sure. But, um, or was it, I've got a feeling it might have been Drew. Was it Drew? I think Drew sent me the link. Do you remember this? This is for deep dive for the old, you know, loyal listeners, new listeners. Don't listen to this episode. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we found the link. I talked about, my God, you will not believe it. This thing exists. The Houses of Parliament are creating Toby Jugs of the Toby Jug looking motherfucker. And now I've got one in my house. It is beautiful. So thank you, uh, my brother, for the gift. The gift of life! And, um, yeah, so it's quite a good day. A bit of a weird day. I mean, obviously, it's weird, you know. But, you know, pretty good. Pretty good. But, you know, it's it's just such appalling circumstances that we're in, you know. And there's just so little faith that I have not just me, but everyone. I mean, obviously, the clear consensus is that we're up shit creek without a paddle, you know? And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens and and what people's responses are to it, including my own response, you know? I mean, as you know, I've got this this thing of 10 cases per 100,000. Did I tell you about that? Maybe I didn't, but I've, I've arranged with my work that if it gets more than 10 cases per 100,000, then I'd work from home, which is brilliant. I think I did mention that, actually, which is brilliant. And it's nowhere near 10 per 100,000, thank God, because we live in Devon and it's so quiet here, you know. But at the same time, it is, obviously, it's highly worrying when you hear it's doubling every eight days. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's like just the beginning of the year for schools, so, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of uncertainty connected to all of this. And in many ways, I'm extremely lucky. You know, there are people, obviously, the p- people more vulnerable than me. And there's people doing f- more frontline work than me. And I am on top of it and trying to get the school on top of it, you know, in my own way. And they are on top of it, actually. They are really on top of it which is good and you know because of my particular um circumstances they're listening to me which is also good 
you know, I mean, brilliant, actually, really vital, and but also really good. And it's not a given, you know, it's not a given at all. It's only because it's a fantastic school that they're, like, you know, giving a shit, basically. So anyway, uh, you know, uh, along with all of the uncertainty, there is a kind of, you know, a potential way through this where I don't die. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Jesus. And uh, obviously, you know, everything is kind of heightened in terms of, you know, the symbolism of, of the birthday and, you know, is this going to be my last birthday as an example, which isn't symbolism. What symbolism is there? Nothing. When I think of 9-11, as a, which is the shorthand for September the 11th, you know, the death and destruction and mass panic on a large scale are the furthest things from my mind, yes. Blood's been spilled to afford us this moment now, now, now. Blood's been spilt to afford this moment now, now, now. Oh, it's a bit Thatcher that, wasn't it? A bit Thatcher. Thatcher and Kermit the Fog and Lincoln. So I got an email from Poor Choice and Poor Choice asks a, a typical Poor Choice question. It's a really good one. Um, they ask, will there ever be little tubs of COVID in a fridge next to the flora? Like they keep samples of smallpox in case we need them again. So I'm not, I didn't know about the smallpox, that they keep smallpox. Um, but I suppose that you could use COVID-19 in the future as a kind of weapon. Can you hear the bells in the background? as the kind of weapon, uh, you know, like a chemical, well, a biological weapon, not a chemical weapon, but a biological weapon. And there probably are people uh, in the world who are trying to kind of, you know, shape it and, uh, you know, manipulate it to make it even worse than it is. You know, to really, if you're, if you're uh, you know, aim was to weaponize COVID-19. I mean, you've got a good, it's a good weapon already, isn't it? I mean, from that point of view, you know, if your aim is to weaponize COVID-19 and make it as dangerous as possible, then you're kind of there halfway there, well, better than halfway there. Um, and there probably are people, you know, in secret labs, probably all around the world, you know, thinking, right, we need to get the best biological weapon ever. Did you hear the Trump thing? This is incredible. Another amazing uh, scoop by Woodward, who um, Trump said, oh, yeah, we've got a secret, uh, a, a secret weapons program. <laughs> He's so keen on, like, Bob Woodward... He wrote this book a couple of years ago called Fury and um, and Trump comes out of it looking like a maniac and afterwards he said to Woodward, listen, if you ever do another book, get like interview me, interview me, 
because all of Trump's, you know, kind of like whatever, like the press people and everyone around him didn't let Woodward get anywhere fucking close to Trump, you know, because that's their job is to protect Trump. And Trump is such a fucking idiot. He thinks, oh, if I had spoken to Woodward, I wouldn't have come across as a total psychopath. So if he does another book, then I'll talk to him. (laughs) Well, that worked out well, didn't it? So on the record, 18 interviews, over nine hours of interviews. Sorry, poor choice, but I've kind of got off the thing. But I think I, I did your question, didn't I? Yes, there will be, is the answer. Yes, there probably are now. And it's probably weaponized. So 18 hours of, uh, sorry, 18 interviews, nine hours of, of interview. And part of that was the thing of, oh, yeah, you know, I, I downplayed it and it's airborne, knew that it was airborne in, on February the 7th. But another thing, another massive revelation is, oh, did you know, Bob, Bob, <laughs> did you know, Bob, we've got this secret weapons program? Jesus, unbelievable. Um, and Woodward, though, he's a good one, isn't he? Because we uh, we know what his tactic is. And it's, it's well, not tactic, just his, his methodology, his way of working. And it's a clever methodology. I mean, basically, he just interviews as many people as possible and, and, and tries to get a rounded picture. So there's a very good chance that... So his, his questioning is very interesting in the little snippet I played the other night because he says something like you know to talk me through the kind of conversation that you would have had with Fauci or someone like Fauci who's like the chief you know the kind of America's witty if you like you know the kind of chief medical officer um, you know kind of their their version of that Uh, so talk me through a conversation with Fauci where there was the pivot, like this pivot that you had, because clearly on the public record, it seems that there was a, a point when you realised, you know, this is unimaginably bad. And there is that question where uh, Trump says, well, to be honest with you, and then Woodward brilliantly, just very, you know, just in there yeah I want you to be that's what he says yeah I want you to be I want you to be honest and then Trump says what he says you know but I've I downplayed it you know because I didn't want to cause a, pla- a panic a panic so um, there we go so Woodward is the master and there's a good chance that he would have known basically the kind of the, the, the thing that there wasn't actually a, a moment of a kind of light bulb moment for Trump, but it just got to the point where they needed to get public what they did know, you know, and they needed to stop downplaying it. There's a very good chance that he would have understood that the that he was downplaying it, if you like, and kind of avoiding and ignoring talking about it because he knew the detail, but he didn't make it public before he asked Trump that question. That's his kind of, you know, that's his thing. That's his methodology, basically, is to get as much information as possible, which sounds good. Now, thinking of poor choice, so poor choice, I'm back with you. Found this thing which I thought is right up your street, poor choice. This comes from an article about a UK mathematician who wins the richest prize in academia. He won $3 million. It's called the Breakthrough Prize. 
and he, he's this uh, UK, this mathematician who works in the UK. And, um, you know, the maths is slightly beyond my maths ability. <laughs> but in the article, this extraordinary thing, when I read it, I thought, God, that's a kind of poor choice thing. It says, other winners announced on Thursday include a team of physicists whose experiments revealed that if extra dimensions of reality exist, they are curled up smaller than a third of a hair's width. What the hell? <laughs> that is the weirdest sentence ever. I didn't mess up reading that sentence. That's literally what it says. Other winners announced on Thursday include a team of physicists whose experiments revealed that if extra dimensions of reality exist, they are curled up smaller than a third of a hair's width. That is proper poor choice, isn't it? I think maybe that's the poor, the poor choice dimension. I think we found the poor choice dimension. Thank you very much. I run to the shop. Bump into everyone. Say, have you heard? Have you heard the news? There is a podcast called Social Distancer. Share it, like it, astound your friends. Everything you want to hear about. The greatest public health emergency in any of our lives. Four times a week and it is free. Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays and an omnibus on Sundays. Fucking great The government seem more intent on managing blame than managing the pandemic. To tell people off for getting tests is profoundly dangerous because the real problem is this, that when people are unsure, if you tell them, oh, you mustn't get a test if you're not unwell, they will delay. It will be longer before people get tests. They will be infectious for longer without doing anything about it. And the infection will spread more. So what Matt Hancock said is not only wrong, it's profoundly dangerous and it will increase the pandemic. So there's Stephen Riker there. I think I hope I'm pronouncing his surname correctly um, from St Andrews University in Scotland. And um, so there we go. Not only wrong, but profoundly dangerous. Matt Hancock blaming people for going to take. Te- I mean, it's a fucking joke. Like just, he's the health secretary for fuck's sake. In the middle of a once in a hundred year pandemic. He's saying to people, oh yeah, what, you're in a primary school and you dare get a test? How dare you? What a fucking prick that guy is. In any other uh, cabinet in the history of, well, like certainly in my, I'm 45, as I keep fucking saying, certainly in my lifetime, he'd be out of a fucking job in an instant. Along with, well, all of them, I mean, (laughs) but along with that, guy who's that guy the devil the devil himself Williamson old fireside chat Williamson and um so yeah Stephen Riker I mean absolutely right you know it's just incredible I mean at what point does it like dip into criminal negligence just day after day time after time the government fucking up so and if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, my life is on the line, depending on these people's decisions, 
you know? Now, talking about Scotland, beautiful, that was like radio to that, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah, talking about Scotland, <laughs> um, guess what? They've done a, a an app. Scotland have released their app, I think it's called Protect, Protect Scotland, I think. I think it's called that. And um, it's being very popular. Apparently it works really well. No problems at all. And people are adopting it and downloading it in their um, hundreds of thousands. Half a million after a couple of hours after it was launched. And I don't know what, you know, how many people have done it today, but I'm sure it's just going up and up and up. So if you are a listener in Scotland, then please do download that app. Don't worry about all the fucking data bullshit like it's perfectly like fine it's totally fine it's based on google and apple's like scotland have got their shit together as we know historically and i know that things are going up cases are going up in scotland in many parts of scotland but historically in terms of the last couple of months and throughout actually you know in every way scotland have been on this better than england um, so definitely download that app and use the thing. And also, by b- b- while I'm talking about it, I just want to say a word to my listeners in Oregon. I know I do have listeners in Oregon. Thank you so much for listening. And take care of yourselves with those ridiculous fires down the West Coast. I mean, it's just like, you know, end of the world visuals. And, you know, take care. We're thinking of you. I'm certainly thinking of you a lot, actually, because it is, you know, if I wasn't talking about this, I'd be talking about climate change. And it's amazing. I don't talk about climate change more because it is, you know, a big part of my life. And, you know, if it wasn't for fucking Trump and that racist that we've got, you know, I'd probably be talking about climate change a lot more. Uh, Oh, and the coronavirus as well, which this is ostensibly about. Well, not ostensibly, it is about the coronavirus, isn't it? The coronavirus. Anyway, take care in Oregon and anyone else that listens in the West Coast. You East Coast motherfuckers, though. Anyway, um, I'm going to make this a shorty. So it is my birthday, so I think that's allowed. But interesting times. We're going to see where we're at with the trend report on... Sunday, obviously, you know, it doesn't look good, but it'll be interesting to see where things are going. Uh, Yeah, so take care of yourselves. Hopefully you'll find a bit of space within the weekend to, you know, have a nice time. If you want to social distance, if you want to social distance, if you want to email me, please email me at socialdistancerpodcast at gmail.com. We're gearing up for episode 200, still quite a way away, a way away. But if you do want to contribute something musically, then please do. And, right, what are we going to think of tonight? A fig, a frog, a fern? Think of a fern. Think of all of the, you know, comings and goings, the human dramas that the fern, is it a species? Maybe the researcher would definitely know whether I can call a fern kind of grouping. Is is it a... uh, No, it's not a kingdom, is it? Is it a species? It must be a species. This is so... He really takes the piss out of me for my science. (laughs) It should be the maths. But at least he can't take the piss out of my English, though, isn't it? 
got good English. Yeah. Right, but anyway, uh, think of the ferns. But it's good though, isn't it? Thinking of ferns, you know, it kind of grounds you, don't you think? Because they've been around for so long, is what the point is, you know. Before the dinosaurs, my dear. Anyway, think of whatever you like. One, two, three. <laughs> so that was very um, offhand, even for me. Happy birthday to you. Happy 45. God almighty. I really don't feel like I'm 45. Uh, anyway, everyone says that, don't they? Yeah. Right. Take care. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you ever so much for listening. And here we go. One, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. Thank you for listening. Next show is on Sunday. Take care.